Welcome to The Hive and uh, today we're going to be talking about how we build back better. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some thoughts around how organisations can really start that debate um, and start thinking about how they can make the future uh, a better one for everybody. I think, I think the biggest challenge from my perspective is that the, we are not going back. We are not going back to normal. We are going forward from where we are. And I think um, there's been some really interesting discussions already started about how we can build on what we've done that's been good uh, and perhaps um, uh, assign some of the things that have been less good in the past to to history um whether that's an over optimistic uh, view i don't know so um lorna do you want to kick off with your your thoughts around this yeah um i was thinking there's a place for hope in here isn't there um so you're right we can't put the genie back in the bottle you know the stuff that's happened over the past nine ten ten weeks we can't un undo if you've now got your teams working remotely you can't now mandate that they, they they're coming to the office because we've we've busted all sorts of myths um but we're not going to go straight back to something that's going to be really comfortable for for people and for humans straight away it's going to be quite a, an odd environment i've been talking to a lot of parents of uh, kind of five six-year-olds who are being asked to send their kids back mm -hmm. at the moment and some of them are choosing not to because the school environment while physically safe is um they don't think it's emotionally a great place for kids mm -hmm. right now and I think workplaces might start to feel like that we might you know be able to put some social distancing measures in place you might disinfect everything we you know we might get back to that but that's not where we want to end up mm. so I think uh, clarity on the complete on the total vision of where you want to end up knowing now that lots of things that we thought were true about business and humans in business are not actually true um, and then how you build towards that really hopeful vision for the future, because I think that will help get people through while you're not allowed to, you know, hug a colleague or get too close to them or eat in the canteen. Um, it's really important to think about, well, what's the pathway to get into the kind of organisation, organization, the kind of workplace we really do want to be. It's interesting you make the point about hope because I was listening to a speaker yesterday talking about hope and how actually how motivating and what a big contributor of mental health and well-being hope is and we need to have that hope and actually coming back to our very first hive where we talked about the role of leaders and their need for emotional intelligence actually good leaders can either position hope with their people that is seen as unrealistic and unachievable and therefore sort of defeats the purpose or if they're effective leaders they can set out hope that is achievable mm. and a future that is deliverable and that, yeah. that will really galvanize and yeah. um, motivate and encourage but also contribute to their their people's overall well-being well, think about that you know i know we bang on about her jacinda ardern and she has she's always hopeful and she did that amazing thing this week where an earthquake happened and she just went oh well um but also if you think about barack obama his what you know his election message of yes we can is a message of hope absolutely um, and so it's really easy for leaders to think, oh, we've got to restructure, we've got to rebuild the business, we've got to rationalise, we've got to make economies, we've got to keep people physically safe and be within the law. That's a really um, fear-based and defensive position. I think what people really need right now from leaders and organisations is a sense of hope that things will be better. Mm -hmm. Jo? Yeah, that's so true. And it's interesting, actually, that you use the school as the analogy. Um, 
uh, regular watchers of the video will know I keep banging on about treating people as individuals. And we were having a, that conversation about the schools yesterday because my nephew is uh, in year 10 and he's going back um, in a couple of weeks for one hour a week to see his tutor. And I sat there going, really? <laughs> I was like, you know, he could just go on Zoom and do that. And, you know, if our daughter had the same happening, we wouldn't be taking her back to school, firstly, because we're still in lockdown. But secondly, by the time we get there and come back again for an hour, that's, you know, two hours out of our day, if not longer. And to me, it doesn't seem worthwhile. Having said that, for some people, that actual physical proximity would be really key for them. But I'm used to working, you know, online from home on Zoom anyway. So to me, it's... Um, it, it, it just doesn't seem worth it. But then it's perhaps also that stepping stone that starting to show that um, pattern of what could be to create that hope as well. So it, it's interesting, you know, firstly thinking about, as you say, we need to sort of paint a picture and start to show people the, the, the potential route to that. But then it does come down to, again, individual um, sort of preferences because that doesn't feel particularly hopeful to me or to my daughter no. <laughs> but maybe to another family it, it would sort of thing and um, mm. so that's interesting and also I made a comment recently about uh, the, the um, retail a couple of retailers Mercadona and I think it's um, Trader Joe's in the States where whenever there's issues and recession and things they they really hunker down and focus on their customers and their people their employees and focus on making things better with them um, so that they can grow quicker and come out of those difficult times much quicker rather than thinking about, as you've just said, Lorna, about you know, uh, cutting down on staff and, and hunkering down to the point of sort of um, you know, tying everything down to minimum. They try and be abundant, but only in the, in the areas that they see as being really key. And that really helps them to come out of these situations much stronger and quicker. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a real key thing that we don't get into that whole scarcity thing where it's all about cutting when actually it should be, as you've said, Joe, already about how do we think about the, the new world and doing things differently? Yeah. You know, perhaps with that abundance mindset rather than it needing to be the other way around. Cause otherwise you just end up, as you say, either going back to what you had before or going to something that's a compromise, which is worse than before. Mm -hmm. almost. I think picking up on the point about treating people as individuals, that leads on very much to, thing we've talked about before at listening to employee voice talking to people um, and I think one of the things that we shouldn't go back to and I'm not saying we should dump them completely but you know there's been a big effort to use pulse surveys digital tools to really tap into what people are feeling and thinking in a much more short-term way and that plays to the need I think that organizations as they start to rebuild and start to reshape for the future have to adopt a much more agile approach to how they do things um, the, we, you know, the, the, the annual or biannual um, massive survey with lots and lots of questions that takes weeks, months to respond, if ever, um, is, is, has its place. But, you know, actually, when it comes to thinking about how, we're, how we can experiment with things, how we can try things out, how we can uh, assess what's working and what's not, vital that we listen to employee voice through that it's vital that we continue to use digital pulse tools vital that we recognize the individual needs mm. of individual people and individual teams and individual communities as well actually and that yeah. thing as, as we talk about all the time and, and ever have about um, when you're looking at doing things differently talk to the people who are in the midst of it and get their thoughts for how you do those things differently. It's not about the senior people setting out this strategy without any reference to anybody else. It's, you know, often, as we know, talk to the people at the sharp end who are talking to the customers who are working with the processes that you currently have, because they've got great ideas about how to do 
things differently mm-hmm. and so how do you do that within your organization absolutely yeah Lorna. There was, um, there was a, an article um, that I think we've all read from the RSA um, this week on, on rebuilding on rebuilding better and some of the elements to, to consider in that. And I thought there were some really uh, useful points because mm. I think we've, we've learned a lot. There's been a lot of retained learning in organisations over the past nine weeks, lots of accelerated learning around some stuff that we found quite difficult over the past nine, ten years. So, um, you know, they said, first of all, think about regeneration, not return to where we were, but how do you continue to regenerate, uh, which is almost similar to an agile approach, right? It's that continual um, mm. working and reworking and, and trying and, um, and improving the, the idea of complexity and systems, I think has just blown up now that idea that we can do something quite um, singular and linear and vertical and it will have an impact has just kind of gone because this is a complex problem. Interconnectivity. Yeah. And, you know, from the connectivity of human beings and how the virus spreads to the connectivity of economies and healthcare and inequality and people's Mm. different situations. Mm. A huge thing which we spoke about in um, episode two, I think, which is around being okay with uncertainty. Yeah. This big business myth that if we can just control and measure it we can you know we can have certainty and control over things you've got to learn to be okay as an organization with uncertainty and Mm. to embrace it and then I think the human-centered piece and we can't we actually literally legally can't ignore well-being right now Mm. and we've been forced to really examine how compassionate we are as organizations um, and as individuals and I thought those were really interesting insights from the Uh, RSA. It's a great article Um, we've come to the end of our our slot really but the um, I'll put I'll put the link to that RSA article in the in in the podcast and in the in in the YouTube link I just finished within that I really recommend that article to people because there's a fabulous little four box grid in there which um, would be a story you know an episode of itself but it talks about the things we started doing the things we stopped doing the things we should restart doing the things that we should confine to his to the history books and how you judge what you know what those things should be lovely really simple little four we all love a four box grid don't we but um, really really uh, interesting take on before the crisis during the crisis and after the crisis and, um, and how we should consider doing things differently so I'll share that link as part of this but thank you very much uh, as always to our panel joe dodds lorna leeson and thanks for listening bye bye now